Hello, hello, and welcome to the Your Latina Mentor podcast with your host, Isabel Restrepo, or Isabel Restrepo, as I got used to saying growing up in Minnesota so that people would understand me. And that's actually a perfect example highlighting what this podcast is all about, where I'll be sharing experiences, tools, and resources to navigate what it means to be a woman, a Latina, an immigrant, and everything in between what I like to call this human experience. Part of the inspiration for this podcast is also that I didn't have a Latina mentor growing up, and I wish that some of the things that I'm going to share with you, somebody would have shared with me. I am so happy that you are here. Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Your Latina Mentor. I am so happy that my friend Heva is here Joining us today, Heida is a really good friend of mine from the University of Minnesota, and surprisingly enough, we did not like each other at first, which we'll dive into. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) we were already chatting before we started pressing record, and we're just laughing so much, and I love her so much, and she's a fellow Latina like me, and I'm just so excited for you to get to meet her. Heida, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And most importantly, I'm so excited to connect with you and talk with you because it's been a long time. Yes, yes. So um, Heida, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you located? Where are you? Tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So as you said, my name is Heida. Um, I use she, her pronouns, and I am in Minnesota. I live in the Twin Cities area. Um, And I am a student affairs professional. So I work at the University of Minnesota, still never left the place that we met. Um, I work uh, specifically doing diversity, equity and inclusion work, um, and some enrollment work as well. So I'm a diversity, equity and inclusion practitioner. um, And a student affairs professional. I'm a mom. I'm a grad student. Um, I'm a Latina. I am a lot of hats all the time. Uh, I'm a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. Like so many things that are in my like day to day life that are hard to actually um, get everything accomplished. But you know what? That's life. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little bit about me and like what keeps me occupied on the day to day basis. Yes, I love. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions about your work, but let's kind of rewind a little bit. So Hayden yeah. and I met while we were both in college. We were in the same class. I think it was mm-hmm. like a sociology class. It was, sophomore year. Yes, and I remember the teacher told us the story about her husband being gay and her what? like being devastated by it. Yes, do you know? I do not remember that. I was not paying attention in that yes. class. <laughs> I do remember the teacher. I do remember who she was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about that story until just now. (laughs) Don't remember. Okay. We had been married for like 20 plus or however many, like a long time. Oh, wow. And then her husband came out and it was like, but, you know, during that time, like before it like wasn't socially acceptable and all these things. And I I don't know why that just came to me, but anyway. Yeah, I had I honestly did not even remember that. I remember the class. It was a sociology class. Yeah. I remember who our teacher was and I remember who our TA was. Um 
And I remember the classroom. I remember what rows we used to sit in. Yes. You used to always kind of sit one behind me and like a couple seats over. <laughs> and I, I, that's how I remember you and being like, mm, who is this girl? Yes. yes. <laughs> we hadn't even like talked, but I remember no. I like saw you and I was just like, I don't like her. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Like I was like, mm, something like, about this vibe. I'm, yes. I'm not sure. Like, yes. Yeah. Even though there was like no basis, which is none. so funny because I'm like, we were likely like, the only Latinas in the class, you know? Probably. Why were we hating on you? Probably. But listen, I've reflected on this a little bit. And I think because I work in higher ed and it's like systems that were created for people not like us, right? And we're the only ones in the room. And a lot of times, especially like diversity, equity, inclusion now, it's like everywhere and people are like a little bit more familiar with things. But like at that time, like... I'm not even going to say how many years ago that was that we were in college, but at that time, it's like, we're navigating the space that again, was not built for us. And the fact that we made it there, we almost like pinned against each other. It Mm. seems like Like there could only really be one of us to be successful. And that's not the reality that we should be living in. But I feel like maybe a little bit of that, like was underneath us, right? Like, like I have to defend my place here. And I, and there's, this other person that looks like me. And instead of like, oh, great. Like, how great that another person looks like me. It's like, oh, shit, this is my competition. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's so like, just backwards of a way to like, look at it. But I don't know, I think I'm I'm not sure familiar with your background in high school. But like, for me, too, I was like, in a predominantly white high school. So like, I was the only Latina. So I was like, oh, okay, so now there's more people that look like me and speak like me. And like, yeah, I got to defend my my spot, essentially. Yes. Oh, my God. Just, yeah, yeah. That totally, I mean, I don't feel like that now. I think, of course, yeah. Again, that was. Or even, like, after we got to know each other. <laughs> like, a month after we actually talked. <laughs> Never felt that way. But I wonder if that was. Yeah. I mean, because core. when I think about my experience then, that was the narrative. That is the narrative, like, that we were kind of sold. It's like you have to prove yourself too. And right. I think it's like, all right, no. We then started working together at the call center. So we would call people Other Latinos. <laughs> that had shown interest in the University of Minnesota. Right. And like, That's right. That's the script right there. Yes, chatted to them about their experience and all these things. And, and then we got to know each other that way. And it was like, Oh wait, this person is actually really great. And, yes, and yes. We, we had we know each other. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember how many overlapping hours we actually had at work, but when we connected, it was like we like became inseparable. We would hang out after work yeah. all the time during the summers. I remember we would lay out on your roof. Yeah, <laughs> sneak out of your window yes, and yes. lay out on the roof in the summer. And, and just like listen to music yeah. and hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she wolf song. She um, wolves, yes. And come hang out in my blue couch. Yes. Yeah. I it's so funny. Like I think the moment that we did start to get to know each other, it was like, oh, you get it. Like you get yeah. me. And 
and I'm not alone, even though for a while it was like, I need to defend me, you know, right. like in whatever. Yeah. I will say that didn't last very long. Like we have to defend our spot. Cause like no. we met sophomore year, like we we're in class sophomore year. And when did you start working at the call center? Oh my God. I, I started like winter of sophomore year. So I feel like it had to have been. I don't remember. This is we spent most of our college years together liking each other. It was just that one semester-ish. <laughs> we somehow. Yeah. Yes. We without talking to each now. other, we didn't. Yeah. And then we'd go out clubbing and dancing. Yes. Then it, then it, it was good. It was just a weird, yeah. like five minute weird start. Five but minutes. then it was a match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, for sure. So it's just a weird way to start a friendship. Yeah, but. that is a really weird way, but I, I just find it so funny. Yeah. But here we are. I love Hayda. Like what? I what know. I love funny? talking to you too. Every time I hear your voice and just like your laugh, it's so <laughs> contagious. And I'm like, oh, it's so good for my soul. Oh, good. It's so good for my soul to hear your laugh. Oh, so. I love you. Thank you. So you mentioned that you are Latina. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Mexico. Um, I was born in a border town um, south of Arizona. So border with Arizona. And I lived there till I was 12 years old. Um, I lived in the Mexican side of the border with my mom and my two older brothers. My dad was on the American side um, because he was trying to like work for the family and like gain U.S. dollars and in, in his work um, to try to support our family. But we would cross the border all the time at least on a weekly basis, if not more, to like go see my dad. He would cross the border to see us. Um, and my mom was sick. She had multiple sclerosis ever since I can remember. Um, so she, we obviously had like medical bills and things like that that my dad needed to support. So um, that's why we, they kind of lived in not just separate households, but like separate countries. Um, but yeah. they were still married and yeah. like he was still an active part of our lives and, and vice versa. So, um, so that was interesting. Um, then my mom passed away when I was eight years old and then we kind of navigated this space of like, what are we doing here? I mean, I was eight, so I wasn't the one asking the questions. <laughs> my dad was asking the questions. Um, my aunt who lived in Minnesota was like, Hey, y'all should come up here. I think my dad was like hesitant I had two older brothers, you know, like middle school, high school. So they're kind of more like set in their, their lives. And, um, I think one day finally my dad was like, yeah, okay, let's go. Um, and that, that's when I was 12. So between like eight and 12 is kind of a lot of conversations. And then, yeah, I remember actually, um, it is October now. It was an October day that we moved from, um, Mexico to Minnesota it was a cold, rainy, rainy morning. We took the a Greyhound bus with my grandma. So my grandma brought my brothers and I on a Greyhound bus. So it took several days to get up here because we yeah. left from Arizona. Made some stops. Gosh knows where. We didn't know English. My grandma didn't know English, but she got us up here. I mean, yeah. I mean, wait. whoa, grandma. Somehow, yeah, like, way yeah. to go, grandma. Um and yeah, we got up here. My dad stayed behind for a couple more months to kind of like wrap up and like 
sell our house, pack up our stuff, you know, like do some last minute things. But yeah, we moved up here. And I remember um, my uncle picked us up from the Greyhound station. And again, it was probably like five in the morning, six in the morning. It was like really early when we got here and it was cold. It was cold. Like we came from Mexico slash Arizona in an October day. It was probably like 50s, but like it felt cold, right? <laughs> it I know. Cold. Um, and then I remember we got to my aunt's house. Um, once my uncle picked us up, we got to my aunt's house and she had um, her fireplace on. So her house was really warm and cozy. Mm-hmm. And it was just like that morning feeling. And like my cousins were getting ready to go to school. We had just gotten there and I was like, oh, this feels so warm and cozy. Like it felt comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we lived in Lakeville for a while with them, um, and that was crazy because Lakeville, Minnesota, if you anyone knows, it's like all white kids, and I didn't know a word of English, and that was how I started middle school, seventh grade, um, and I don't remember middle school because I don't think I <clears throat> want to remember what happened, or I didn't really understand it, or there's a whole, like, I don't know. My brain deletes things that they don't want to remember. So maybe it just, it just was crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Good good trauma bonding there, you know. (laughs) Trauma. This is not helpful to you. Delete. (laughs) Yeah. That's, um, I, I also, I think we all do have moments of where it's like, no, that's, we don't. Yep. Like, bye. Yeah. It's so funny to hear you like so vividly remember the day that you went or like the, the road to getting to Minnesota. Um, when, at, when we moved, I was seven and it was in December and it I also remember just being like, Oh my God, like, what is this? There's snow. Like I had never oh, seen snow. Yeah. Um, and also not knowing the language. And uh, well, when, I, when we first moved to Minnesota, we were, we were in Richfield, which is a little okay. more diverse. Yeah. But then after that, it was like, I was like the only like Latina in the room most often. Um, so yeah, just, it's like, it's yeah. so funny how those little things like stick with you. Like for you, it's like the, the coziness of, of the fireplace and being like, Oh, this is really comforting. And yes. Like, yeah, yeah. And first of all, can you have fire in your house? Like what? <laughs> we didn't do that in the desert in Arizona. <laughs> what? There's fire in your house. You notice? <laughs> but it was warm and cozy and it was awesome. <laughs> so um yeah, that that was wonderful and it felt really comforting because I remember actually the summer before we moved. So again, we moved in the fall. That summer, my aunt, uncle, and my cousins took a road trip down to visit us in an RV, and they stayed with us for quite a few months. Well, I don't know, maybe it was months or weeks. I'm not really time. You know what? What is time? Yeah. Um, but we like kind of got to know each other. Like I got to know my cousins a little bit more because like you always knew you had cousins in Minnesota and mm-hmm. you talked to them on the phone, but like that was really it. So it was really nice. It, there was an excitement. To like, oh, I get to come and play with my cousins again and like my aunt that I know and like my uncle that I spent this time with. And um, so there was that kind of like piece of like, okay, like I'm not, even though I didn't know where we were going, like you knew the people, <laughs> you had just spent so much time with these people. So 
Yeah. And like from the school perspective, I remember I had my, my cousin, uh, Danny, who, you know, you spend yes. a lot of time with her. We're, yes. we're in the same grade um, at the time, but she lived in, in Shakopee, which is like a whole different city. And I remember my aunt telling me like, where do you want to live? And where do you want to go to school? And I was like, well, I want to go to school with my cousin, Danny, but I want to live at your house. <laughs> She's like, well, that's not, that. that's not how school districts work. <laughs> so I ended up like enrolling in Lakeville and staying with, with her. Um, and like I said, not knowing a word of English and just being like, okay, I think my brain figured out that like, okay, in order for me to survive here, I need to assimilate. I need to like become what is uh, normal and what is celebrated and what is like the popular thing, right? So not only did I have to learn English, but then I had to try to get rid of my accent and like forget the fact and make everyone forget the fact that I was enrolled in ESL classes. Because I remember at the time it was like, if you were in ESL, like that wasn't cool. Like, Mm. what? Like, Oh, you don't know English. Like, I don't, obviously, I don't know English. I'm from another country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try doing that. (laughs) Yeah. But at the time, of course, it's like, okay, so I have to figure out how to speak the language, do the things that are cool, wear the things that are cool, even though you don't have the money to like wear the things that are cool. Yes, the Abercrombie and American (laughs) English. Fuck those shirts. Fuck those shirts. <laughs> I remember I had a gap shirt. Like, so I had the big, like, gap yeah. on it, you know, like. Yeah, you have. And when I got it, I think I got it for Christmas one year. When I got it, I was like, yes, this is it. Because it has branding, right? Like, was I about the branding? Yes. I don't know why. <laughs> and then this one girl and uh, my softball team, I tried to do softball. Didn't work out. Um, was like, oh, can I borrow your sweater? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, you're cold. Borrow it. She never returned it. And I still remember to this day because that was like my in sweatshirt, right? Like that was my cool sweatshirt. And it never came back to me. (laughs) I don't know why I remember that. Well, it's also like, oh my God, this is the thing that I have that shows that I'm like a part of this group. Yes. And then some little bitch. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) She probably had a million of those because mommy and daddy could buy them for her. I didn't. I'm so mean. <laughs> if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't even remember their names. So <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry. But I want my stretcher back. Just kidding. <laughs> Give it back. Give it back. <laughs> yeah. And then in high school, so that was middle school. And then in high school, I moved to a different town in Minnesota. And I think for me, that was kind of like the, okay, I'm done with ESL classes. Like they told me I speak English now. Woohoo. Pass whatever mm-hmm. test you had to pass. So when I went to my new high school, it was like kind of starting new. Like I, they didn't know that I was in ESL. They didn't know that I like didn't speak English, and, you know. So I was like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to like fit in. Yes, let's go. I don't know what that did for me. Like, I, you know, it's just the moment of where I was in like yeah. 15, 16 year old me. But like, it was a lot of work for nothing. Cause, like a fresh start, it seems like. Yeah. Because I just had to like fit in, right? Like I yeah. had to like erase all like the first 12 years of my life because it wasn't cool to be Mexican Mm -hmm. it wasn't cool to be brown it wasn't cool to like my name enough is gonna be telling that I don't already fit in even though it's not a Mexican name it's a made-up name my parents put it together but like it was still quote-unquote exotic right yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) and different and it's so funny like when I 
when we moved and I didn't know English, I was also in ESL classes, but I think I was just too little that there wasn't Mm. like, you know, there's also like a big age difference from seven to 12. And as I'm hearing you, I'm like, oh, I wonder what my sister's, my older sister's experience was because she was 12. Um, But then something kind of funny happened because halfway through high school, I switched high schools. We moved and so I had to move too because I lived with my mom. It's your child. Here. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, that's how childhood works. <laughs> Damn it. So we moved and I remember the the new school, Waconia, in like the okay. middle of nowhere. Yes. Like, uh-huh. like middle of nowhere. Um, they had exchange students. So there was an exchange student from Ecuador, Stephanie. Oh, okay. My friend Stephanie. And and so her and I would speak in Spanish. So then that was like 11th grade. Then I come back for senior year and they were like, oh, you're not an exchange student? They like... Oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> People thought I was an exchange student because I would speak... <laughs> Got it. And you were new to the school. And I was new to the school. And it was like, oh, no, I live here. <laughs> okay. Oh no, I'm here to stay, bitches. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to stay. Um, but, yeah, I remember someone being like, oh, I thought you were an exchange. Aww. <laughs> no. No, it's I'm not. an immigrant. <laughs> I'm staying. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. A part of me that's like, wait, what? No, I live here. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that's so yeah. And so I think uh, for me too, like, as we go back to like, okay, we met in college, and like for me in college, is like, oh man, there's other people who are from other countries, Latin American countries and Mexico and places like, oh, cool. Like, awesome. Like, I don't have to try to get rid of my accent. I don't have to, like, sound a certain way to try to fit in. And even I feel like I tried that, like, my first year in college, too. And then, like, sophomore year and a little bit later, it's just, like, I feel like I, quote, unquote, oh, the University of Minnesota bringing me back to my authentic self because of the people I met there, not because the system that was created made it. You know, it's because of the people that I met with, like you and other people from La Raza. It's not no longer called La Raza. Now it's called Mi Gente, uh, our student group. Um, that like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I don't, I, I can just be myself and that's, that's okay. Right. Yes. So, yeah. And that's why, like, once I, I was at the University of Minnesota and like, I felt so like, okay, this is the place that connected me to people. I want to do this for other people too. And so I work, I'm still working there. Right. Like it's for the, the people who are trying to navigate the space that wasn't built for us that like need some sort of ally or resource or folks who know how to navigate those spaces because I work there. I can tell you the politics behind it all (laughs) and Mm -hmm. how to like, who to ask for the right questions, what kind of questions you might have so that you are successful and you can graduate with your degree. So yes, yes. That's the work that we do. Yes, good. I remember, I remember um, 
my first year of college, there was this new student group called Casa Sol, which I don't know if it's still around. It I, is, yeah. Yes. Um, but it, essentially, it was like for incoming freshmen of of Latinos, like, you know, from all these different places, it was like, you have a community here. You have other people here like you. And I mean, when I say other people, you like, this is like, 20 people. I was going to say like 10 people. Yeah. University of like thousands of people. Right. University of Minnesota is a huge campus. Um, But I think for me, I was sitting in a classroom. We were, I don't know what class it was, but they were saying how of the Latino students who graduate from high school, only like 4% go to college and then an even smaller percentage actually graduate or something like that. And I was just, I remember sitting there and be like, what? Like, what? This is wild. Like, this is not okay. Like, <laughs> like we need more students in here. This is exactly. not, it just, I just remember that impacted me so much. And even from the Casa Sol group, the first group, not everyone graduated from college. A lot of people left and, you know, it, it, it did kind of reflect that, like that, those statistics, which I'm like, Oh man, what happened? Like what happened? Yeah. And I mean, we're the largest growing population in the United States, like Latinos are. And so to have the numbers be so low, it's just like, there's clearly a disconnect and like, what is happening in high school, what is happening in our communities, how we're promoting higher education. And listen, I've worked in higher ed for over 12 years. I know that higher ed is not the only path to be successful in a career. There's technical degrees. There's other things that people can do, right? Like a bachelor's degree is not going to be fitting for everybody. But it's about exposing students to those options. That's important. Like, Okay, you want to come to college, here's the kind of things that you can do. You don't want to come to college, here's the other kind of careers that you can have. Yeah. What are you passionate about? What do you like to do? What are your skill sets? What are your strengths? How can we like play into those a little bit more so that you can be successful, right? Because it's not for everybody. I wish it was for everybody because it's it's fun. (laughs) It's fun four years of your life. (laughs) But um, yeah, four years that you can like never replicate. Anyway, um, <laughs> memories. <laughs> the memories of caring so much about the world. Um, yeah, but like the numbers are still very similar, unfortunately. Um, and they get even smaller for um, master's degrees, right? Like they think it's only 4% of Latinas that actually holds, hold a master's degree. Um, so the higher you get into a higher degree, the smaller they get. Um, but yeah, it's about exposure and options, right? Like it just, there's a lot of work to be done and we're trying for sure. There's people at institutions that are there to support, um, our students. It's just, you gotta find people like us. (laughs) Yeah. Listening, reach out to (laughs) Hava. Yeah. If you want to talk about the university of Minnesota or not, like it's, I also know that it's not the only option, right? There's so many colleges that are better fits for for folks so however you need to navigate the application process the college search process 
Yeah. And I love that you say that. I think, um, I, like I'm thinking back to my high school days and it was just like, oh, everyone applies to the University of Minnesota. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just do what everyone else is doing. Oh, okay. I didn't have, you know, my parents weren't like, oh, you need to like apply to this university. Like they were never really involved in the process or like FAFSA or anything like that. Like my parents, they did both go to school and learning and education was something that was really important to us. But the logistics and navigating what that looked like, that was like, I guess, just like my peers. I'm like, oh, okay, this is what everyone else is doing. Like, I guess I'll do it too. And I get, and I I understand the privilege of that too, of like, if that's, that's just the, how that town worked and how environment was, and it was a place of privilege. So I get that. I get that. I had that window of like, I don't know, a world of like, oh yeah, okay, this is what you do. So I'll just go do that. Right. Um, and I, and I really understand that not everyone has that. And right. So, yeah. Your school had the resources, which not yeah. a lot of schools have a yeah. college counselor, career counselor. I mean, a lot of the schools are, have too many like students per like, even just like their advisors to get mm-hmm. them through high school, you know, their, their caseload is too, too big. Um, so they just may not have the resources to talk with students. The other big thing about like finding out if a college is a good fit for you is visiting the college. Mm -hmm. And that's another like privilege slash resources people that don't have in that in itself can be a privilege, right. To travel to another state or even if you might live like in a rural area to travel into the cities or wherever your college might be um might not be a luxury that like your family can take the day off to drive you wherever or to travel somewhere but like really seeing the space um and seeing the other students around like who goes to the school what do they look like what are they speaking like do they speak my languages does that also like helps you figure out okay i'm gonna feel comfortable here And if you can feel comfortable, then you can actually focus on your academics. Because if you're Mm -hmm. trying to like fit in, if you're trying to, you know, go to a space where just like it just doesn't feel comfortable and you dread going there every day, then you can't even focus on like what I'm learning in the classroom and be successful in that. And um, so, yeah, yeah, I would say like visit college is like a very important resource um, that unfortunately, like not everyone might have access to, right? And that's the reality. So, if you can, like hit the hit up the websites, right? Like that might tell you something. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. Although sometimes I'm like, is this really looking like this, or is it? <laughs> no, no. And we definitely call that out. But so I work at the University of Minnesota, but I specifically work at the Carlson School, the business school. And we call that out all the time for our marketing people. They know that now, right? Like you you can't show the classroom to look a certain way when the reality is that it does not look like that. Um, So they're getting better at it for sure. Um, They're, they're aware of it, but yeah, some, some schools might show you a different reality. Yeah. But I mean, moral of the story is yes, you're able to, visit, go visit or um, look on their side. And I I think just like, it's, it's difficult sometimes because it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Like I remember even just like 
in my throughout my career and even now there's like so many jobs that exist that you have no idea exist but because you're just used to what you know it's like okay well I can be a doctor I can be a like whatever you know like the like typical jobs quote unquote so yeah and then you have like family pressure then you have you know society I mean all these other things but yeah I think it's really just like going back to what you said earlier, like, what are you excited about? What, you know, like is, what are you excited to learn about? I think that's the question that I always ask myself is like, and I love learning. I mean, I feel like I could be in school forever, Um, but I won't be, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Life is your, your college. My school. (laughs) Life is your school. Yeah, I, t- I say that to my five year old all the time, because he's just starting the elementary school journey. And he's like, I don't want to go to school. I'm like, I love learning. Don't you love finding out new things and what the world has like to tell you? No. <laughs> I'm like, well, I love it. Mommy loves it. No. Also, I met Hey the Sun. He was like, Less than a year old, I think. Like, have you talk about him going to school now? It just blows my mind. Yes. Like, how do you do it? I mean, I say this all the time to mamas, but I'm like, wow, like parents and caregivers. I'm just so in awe. Like, I care for myself and my dog and like, that's enough. (laughs) Yeah. And that's fine. Everyone has their own. Everyone has their own journey. Listen, sometimes I wish I was just me and a dog too. (laughs) I mean, kids are a lot. Another human is a lot. And Carter, like he's, um, again, starting elementary school. And then we have a younger one who's two. And the terrible twos, they're not so real. I would say the threes is when it gets really real and they get out of control. Um, so they're just at different stages and they are a lot of energy and a lot of like patience. Um, yeah, my husband comes from a smaller family and I come from a large family. I've been around kids all my life. I'm like one of the oldest out of all the cousins in the group. So I've been around the chaos of kids for a long time. Um, so we're coming from different perspectives Um, but at the same time, like, um, I think for him it's practicing patience in like getting to know how kids work. And for me is practicing patience and like being able to provide what my child needs at that certain time, because there were so many kids around me all the time. It's like, ah, they'll figure it out. They also weren't mine, right? Like they were my cousins, (laughs) but like now I'm responsible for them. Like now they're, they're my kids and like, I need to be an active listener to them and I need to ask about their needs and like engage in their emotions and teach them how to navigate those emotions. I don't even know how to navigate my own emotions. So like my patients need to be like, okay, how would you do it? Let's do it the other way. (laughs) This has not been working for me. Um, So it's just a lot of responsibility and trying to like figure out how to make the best humans, um, knowing that like, that's also not possible, right? Like as long as they're, you know, 
have empathy for others and are willing to like learn from other people and just live in this world knowing like that they don't have all the answers like that's kind of the best we can do yeah. and if they're safe and healthy that's a that's what I tell my kids all the time we have two rules safety and kindness so like when they're doing something is it safe yes or no is it kind yes or no and that's that's how you can reassess that doesn't mean they listen to it but <laughs> that's what I keep saying over and over safety and kindness safety and kindness um and we'll see how they turn out <laughs> well, I love that well they picked a great mom to have oh. you're amazing and even just that I'm like that sounds so nice like that just sounds like yeah isn't safety or is it safe is it kind I feel like I need to use a little bit of that <laughs> Just replay this part of the podcast to yourself if you're sure I'm like safety and kindness. <laughs> I like it. I guess like what has surprised you the most about being a mom? Ooh, um, a lot, a lot. There's no one thing because they're both so different too. Like my son is he he does some have have some like developmental needs. Um, and so he's very much like by the rule and routine and like what happens and what doesn't happen. And my youngest does not care. Yeah. <laughs> She's just a wild child. So they're just very different. What worked for him doesn't necessarily work for her. Right. And that reality of that's like, okay, you have to pivot based on the child, not just by their age, but also the little personalities. They're just different humans. Mm. Like you can't apply the same rule book to every person. So there's that. Um, I think the other piece that was huge for me was around my mental health. Um, I, when I became a mom uh, with uh, my oldest five years ago, my postpartum was actually really, really tough. Um, I ended up being diagnosed with postpartum anxiety, Um, have been living with anxiety probably all of my life, but like didn't actually notice or deal or like masked it or suppressed it in many, yeah. many ways. Uh, and so um, when that happened and I was actually having full on panic attacks in the middle of the night with this brand new baby, mm-hmm. I kind of had the realization like what's happening? Like, what is this feeling? Like I would feel it in my chest. I would feel it. Like I would cry and I'm not a crier. Like I would just be crying and having a breakdown, couldn't breathe. It, it got pretty bad. And um, my husband was like, hey, you should maybe check in with your doctor and see what they said. So I went in and um, yeah, I ended up being like diagnosed at a psychologist and um, still in that journey, right? Like it's not anything that ever ends. But I think for me, it was like, I became a mom without a mom. And I never dealt with the loss of my mother and the grief or anything like that. And so at that point, it was like full on. Yeah, yeah. it's coming. At, like it's, it's like what what I'm picturing is like a king toes where it was like, well, I'm not going to. I'm just going to kink the hose because it's like I I I need to survive. I need to learn right. English. I'm in this new environment. I'm in this totally new thing, you know. And then with the birth of your son, it's like, oh no, like the, the kink is no longer available. Like mm-hmm. we're, it's, it's going to bring up all the things that, 
that need kind of that tender care. Yeah. Yeah. Like you need to kind of go into your, your emotions. And I always kind of explain it like it, it almost broke me, but I don't mean it in like the negative sense. It was like, I thought I was this human and then like it broke and you, I guess might call it more like a rebirth. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, now you, it's who you are in there and you were always in there, but before you can successfully like move on as a human, you need to figure yourself out again. Yeah. Um, so a lot of therapy has happened and that it wouldn't have happened. I know it would not have happened without my kids. Yeah. Um, they for sure, like they are the reason I am in therapy. And I know you should be doing therapy for yourself so that you're bettering yourself. But like in our culture, it's probably too selfish, right? Like you're not you're, yes. like, what are you doing? Like, you'll be fine. Like, just breathe, yeah. take a moment. Yeah. Like, you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like seen like, almost like like estás loca like you're crazy like yes. that, you don't need that just calm down yeah my favorite mm-hmm. technique was like and i say this so sarcastic it's like oh vas a llorar like te doy una razón para llorar like you're right cry, i'll give you a reason to cry and it's right. like okay i guess i won't cry like <laughs> but i think i have one <laughs> I, I think i have my reasons like starting with just this what you just said yeah <laughs> this gaslighting that's happening that's yeah. making me cry <laughs> uh, yeah um but you're right like I and growing up I I it's so funny like I would say from my family I'm one of the first ones that started going to therapy and like really being like okay this isn't working these patterns aren't working like right. how do I how do I tend to this? Because no one ever really taught me how to do that. And, um, and yeah, how do I, I like, sometimes it was like, well, I do feel crazy. So is this what I need to do? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care what you say, if you think I'm selfish or if I'm, you know, whatever, whatever, like label the other thing. And it's like, no, I need to take care of me. I need to, Mm -hmm. I need to deal with, um, these emotions. And, and I think you, you mentioned it earlier of like, you know, being able to teach your kids that too, of like, okay, I didn't always have someone that helped me regulate my emotions. So like, how can I help this little person regulate theirs? And, and I think at least with, with this generation, it's like, okay, we saw what didn't work. Like <laughs> these patterns, right, like, right. let's, let's release these patterns and like, let's try something else. That's a little bit more supportive. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so that we're not like anxious yet, quote unquote, successful adults, because at the end it's, yes, we're successful in all of these things, but we want to be able to enjoy it. You know? Right. At what cost are we successful? Because yeah. I mean, clearly as the beginning, I mentioned all the things that I am like, I'm filling up my calendar to the minute yeah, for a reason, probably. Right. Because like, I don't want to like deal with my emotions or life. And that's always been how I function. Like mm-hmm. what else can I do? What else can I get involved with? What else can I be doing so that I'm not still with myself and my emotions and my feelings. And clearly I still struggle with that. <laughs> I'm still doing too many things. Yeah, um, yeah. But the, the kids do help in like pausing because there's moments where 
you just have to be with them and you just have to like listen to their silly stories and how they want to play or whatever. And to, to change your mind from like, okay, I have this homework to do. I have this project I'm working on. I have all these things, but my kids are requiring my attention. That's hard. It's hard to like, okay, let's play for five minutes because mommy's got to do all these things. And I'm trying to change that. And I will get better. I'm sure at some point in life, um, but yeah, they, they force me to kind of stop sometimes and I'm thankful to them for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to be present here right now, mom, in this story, in this game. Yeah. Whatever it is. And, and I'm going to actively participate. I'm not just going to sit here and watch you play dolls or play yeah. whatever you're playing. I'm going to make up the story along with you yes. and have fun and laugh and just whatever we're doing. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I hope that that this is okay to say, but I hear a little bit of like, no judgment, but like, maybe I am doing all these things, but like, you're a mom, you're doing all these things, like celebrate yourself too. Like, um, yes, that might be a, a mechanism that you go into, but you're so aware of it, you know, it's like, you're aware of it. And it's like, okay, I know when I need to come back to my kids and be here. And we were chatting a little bit earlier on, like, what's in the future for you? (laughs) (laughs) I won't go too far into, but you know, it's like, there's a part of you that does like school. There's a part of, I mean, like it's fulfilling some need too. It's not just like, I'm avoiding everything and I'm going to go, yeah, you're right. things, you know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's fulfilling different needs and, and you're right. Uh, yeah. I'm still a person who has like, I yeah. love, like we said, but enjoy learning. So like, this is how I'm feeling that. Yeah, you're right. This is why I enjoy talking to you. Cause you're like my therapist. <laughs> 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 Bring me back to reality. I love it. Yes. And yes. I, I, like, honestly, even just like, whether you, ha- well, I was just going to say you brought two children into the world. That is a miracle. You care for people other than yourself. Like, that's amazing. But I also don't want to discredit the non moms out there like me. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> You're yeah. saying this for me, but like. <laughs> no, but that's real. Yeah. Simply existing sometimes can be really tough. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're able to exist, like it, I guess like, what am I trying to say? Like there isn't necessarily anything that you need to do. It's like you are simply being, and that is like worthy in and of itself. Yeah. And I think sometimes we forget that. I mean, I get it too. It's like, at some point I was, I was in school. I was uh, in grad school full time. I was working full time. I had a dysfunctional relationship. I was like, how did I have time to do all of that? I remember those times. Yeah. Like I'm like, why was I trying to do all of these things? But in that moment, that's what I kind of needed to go through. And, and and that's okay. You know, like, it's like, we go through these phases and these chapters and it's like, okay, let's come back to the core. Like, right. I am, I can simply be with my kids or by myself or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. at the root of it is like, okay, will I get quiet enough with myself and, and hear what needs to happen and other times not. And that's okay too. Like right. there isn't uh, 
you know, an either or, but. Right. It all serves a purpose for sure. Yes. Yes. And it's all part of it. I mean, you can't have the light without the dark, you know? That's right. Yeah. Very real. I mean, like last week I was like really going through it. And then yesterday I was like journaling and I was like, okay, thank you for like finally a glimmer of hope again. Like, yeah. (laughs) So, and it's normal. Like we all, I think, I think the, the thing that really jumps out, whether it's the experience that you had after, after having Carter and, and realizing like, okay, I need to tend to these things. It's like, it, it, it requires our attention. There's just a part of us that needs mm-hmm. our love and, and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. that's okay. And I think culturally, or at least for like the Latinx community, it's like, we just push that off to the side mm-hmm. so much that if you're listening, like full permission to dive in or to like, you don't even have to dive it. You can just like peek through the door. Yeah. Put your, you know? toe in. Put your toe in the water. Oh, yes. Um, but Anyway. Yeah, no, it's real. And I'll say one more thing as we're allowing permission. Um, I also remember after Carter, like I was given some like medication to help me with my anxiety and I refused it for the longest time. And then when I had my daughter, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic, like May, 2020, right at the beginning and I knew how hard it was with my first child that I was like, okay, I can't refuse this medication because we're living in a pandemic. Like we are just starting, like, I don't know what's happening in the world. I was having these panic attacks. We couldn't see our therapist at that time because everything was like mm. just non-existent, right? It wasn't quite like virtual yet. It was still just like, we're not offering any services, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, my option is this medication, right? Like, and it's a low dose medication. I started to take it to make sure that I I wasn't going to, I was trying to be prepared for what might happen based on what happened the last time. And I have been taking the medication for the last two and a half years. And listen, I went off of it for a little bit because of my prescription uh, ended and I had made an appointment to my doctor. Make sure you keep up to date with that. But uh, so I went off of it for a little bit and I felt it. I felt that I was like more anxious when I was driving, when I was like doing just normal things. I I would feel anxiety that I didn't when I was on this medication. So I say this to say like medication is not fit for everybody, but it can be for you. Right. And it's okay. Like as long as you have different avenues that are supporting your mental health I think that's the healthiest way and if that one of those avenues is medication then that's what it is right like Um, it's okay you don't yeah don't put the stigma around mental health and medication and anxiety medication depression medication because my psychologist says like people who experience trauma early on medication tends to help because of how your brain was rewired Mm. as a child like when you experience trauma as a child your brain rewires differently right and so it might support again it might not be for everybody but yes I love that you bring that up and thank you for sharing so openly because there is still so much stigma and I think even more so 
within the Latinx community. For sure. So thank you for being so open because we don't talk about any of this. I, I mean, like, I don't really, yeah, just the, these types of conversations and just like, it's okay to take medicine if you need to. And it's okay to support your mental health in whatever way that may be. Like, thank you for sharing so openly yeah. about it. I I love you so much. I'm I love you like, too. <laughs> Can we do this on a weekly basis? Like, it doesn't even need to be a podcast. Just I like know, just a conversation. I'm just like, wow, like I have some pretty badass friends and I'm just so grateful that you're in my life. Likewise. And, and well, the other thing, so hey, then I had been wanting to do this podcast for a while, but she posted something the other day and I was like, oh, let's, let's do the podcast and let's talk about this. So in the United States, there's, there's elections that are coming up on November 8th and Hatha had shared something about voting and, you know, being registered to vote and all of these things. So talk, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. So as you mentioned, November 8th is our midterm elections here in the United States. And there's a lot at stake, like there is at any election season. But um, these midterms, for sure, there's a lot that we need to consider and make sure that folks are ready to vote. Um, And so I have been part of an organization called Poderistas. And it's a it's a lifestyle type of digital community. But a lot of our focus sometimes is around civic engagement. And so typically around election season, there's a lot of things that we do to support um, the Latinx voice, right? Like make sure that people feel comfortable and know what they need to do in order to, to vote. And so, like I said, this election season, there's a lot coming up, uh, probably more than the presidential election. Um, 34 of the Senate seats are up at stake and all of all 400 of 35, 435 house seats are up for election. And so what that means is that like the, the makeup of who supports uh, the presidents and who supports our bills, who puts the bills forward, who blocks our bills is currently that makeup will be up for election coming up here uh, on November 8th. And so it's really important for everybody to get out and vote um, vote for whoever you want to vote for. We are not telling you who to vote for, but just be mindful. Do a little bit of research. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Vote vote for whoever is going to um, to bring your issues forward and support the things that matter to you and the things that are important. Now, for us, obviously, we're Latin, we're Latinas, so there's a lot of things that impact our community around immigration and DACA and um, you know a variety of different issues, uh, mental health, right? Big yeah. things, abortion as women, right? There's so many issues. So take a look at what's important to you and do a little bit of research. If you go to your local like websites, um, many of them post um, like a mock or sample ballot. So that's a good place to start. Like do a little bit of research of what your ballot looks like in your community. Um, Because there's also local things like your student, um, your your school board and uh, things that impact your specific communities. Um, And a lot of these sample ballots then link to um, the candidate websites, and you can see where they stand and the issues that are important to you, so you can be a little prepared. 
Um, the other thing is like election season is happening right now. Like November 8th is technically kind of a deadline. <laughs> a lot of states have early voting. So you could do that now. You know, November 8th is kind of the end of election season, not the one and only day that you can do it. So if there's things that you can um, look up and how to do some early voting and take care of it before, go do it. Like we don't have to wait till November 8th. Um, I will put in a plug for the Poderistas portal. Um, so if you go to poderistas.com backslash poder portal, poder is in your power. Um, you can take a look at um, where you might be at in the voting process. So are you registered to vote? Um, what do you need to do to register to vote? So you can check your status. You can register if you haven't. You can help other people register. It gives you examples of where you need to vote. So it's a really nice tool to just figure out where to even start in this process because it can be really intimidating, but it is really important to, to do. Yes. So. Yes. Thank you. And I will include that link in the show notes. So if you are listening and it's just easier to go to the show notes, you can click the link there. Um, and I guess like any last words out there to the listeners? Hey, <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I mean, I think the overall theme of this podcast has been like finding yourself and like what's important to you, whether it's in your college search process or the issues that are important to you when you're voting on your elected officials, like do a little bit of reflection and figure out like what is important to me? What are my strengths? How can I support my community? And how can I support those who are um, doing good work in our communities and for our people, right? So um, a lot of self-reflection, but you know, there's, I, I love the name of your podcast the latina mentor because that's what we can be right like we've lived through some things <laughs> yes. and so if we can be any sort of like resource for anybody about any of the things that we talked about today like we are here for each other and that's most important so yeah i would just say like you're badass. Do yourself, do your work. Come on, you can do it. And we're here to support you and help you and be a resource in any way that we can. So yeah, I don't know how that was for our last, last words, but I love it. I love it. Go find yourself a beautiful friend like Hannah and, <laughs> and I'm like, Isabel, seriously, your laugh is just like feeds my soul. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for existing and being my friend. Oh my God, the feeling is mutual. I'm so grateful for you. And again, like, as I said at the beginning or at some point in this episode, I was just like, wow, I have really amazing friends. So if you're listening and you need an amazing friend, like, find one. Ace. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, we're here for you. <laughs> no, just find your own. Find a friend. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I love it so much I love joking around <laughs> oh gosh so fun thank you for having me this was really fun you're welcome and thanks so much everyone for joining us we will see you on the next episode bye bye 
Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Your Latina Mentor podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving a review and sharing it with friends and family. If we aren't friends on social media yet, go check out Instagram at Your Latina Mentor or check out the website yourlatinamentor.com and we will see you on the next episode. Talk soon.